0: You should be able to do this. So then when someone comes into that space, it's just like, oh, okay, well, this is a fluke. They got an extra bone in their foot, whatever that, you know, quote unquote, extra bone is. Can
1: I just, can I just ask because yeah. I, I think you one time told me this story offline a while ago and I forgot about it now, but it's coming back to me. What is an extra bone <laughs> supposed to do to help? Like, I I, so that- I haven't broken my foot, but I know people who have, so I've seen x-rays What's another one going to do? <laughs> like, how is I could see like having like I don't know faster muscle reaction time or like covered the ridiculousness is. A, a more tightly tuned uh, central nervous system, right? Or um, better like sensory, you know, spatial processing or any of those. I'm like, okay, I could see that would give, some, but like, what what is a bone? How, does this person not know what a bone function <laughs> is within one structure? Like. It's the, it, it's the scaffolding. It's not the motor. Don't try oh. to
2: rationalize it, Christian. It makes absolutely no <laughs> sense.
1: <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to Good Guys Getting Better. I'm Christian Hanley.
2: I'm Aline Boltwright, And I'm John Borden.
1: So, guys, um, we're back at it again. We were not going to be recording today, but we had some things we wanted to, to talk about. Um, before we get into that, i got to tell everybody sort of why i'm in a bit of a mood right now um so (laughs) you know i have a son i don't know if you guys knew that um friends with your sons yeah um so greatest kid but we (laughs) we're doing story time as we usually do a few nights ago and he falls asleep in my bed which happens you know a lot reading stories and i'm like all right forget it leave him there um i end up falling asleep a little bit later (sighs) Next morning, I get up. I'm back here in my computer working on something before the workday gets started. It's, you know, 6 in the morning. I go back to my room to wake him up, and I just have the, – the smell hits me. Smell hits me. He's had an accident in my bed, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, we have a go washing machine. <laughs> Not the end of the world. Not the end of the world, right? Um, he feels awful. You know, clean everything up, run the washing machine, get him off to school, get him off to work, fine, whatever. That's what I thought. Um, I come back later that night after I've had everything washed, and not only has it gotten through the bedspread, it was so much. It soaked through the mattress topper and down into the mattress itself. This was like an adult level. Like, I, I don't know how much fluid. Like, I don't know, like, physically, you're like, you see the size of the little person. <laughs> and you see how much liquid there is. And you're like, where where did it come? No, but where did it come from? Seriously, it where? Up.
2: It was saved up for just the right occasion.
1: And, you know, the classic thing is always, you know, I don't need to go to the bathroom. I'm good, whatever. Yeah, no. So, huge mess. So, anyway, it ends up becoming like a multi-night thing because now I have to, you know, wash and spray down. And I, like, I I, was using, you know, those giant cylinders of like the cheap generic table salt. I had that poured all over the mattress to soak up whatever remaining liquid, all that sort of stuff. And the mattress topper, I had put that out on the deck, washed it, left it out there to dry. Well, so I think I've pretty much, like, figured it out. I'm going to be able to reclaim my bed after a few nights of sleeping on the couch and all that stuff. I go and try to remake everything this morning. And my ignorant self had put the case of the mattress topper in the wash and dried it. So, not only has all that, like, been done, right, I, I come back and put it all on top of the mattress, and the outside, like, the wrapper of the mattress pad has shrunk by probably, like, 20%, Well, the actual center, the foam core of the topper, of course, cannot shrink, and it's just been out in the deck. Mm-hmm. So, it's Sunday morning, we've got this tropical storm outside, everything is, you know, wet, dark, whatever, and I'm like... All right, kid. We are going to IKEA on sure. Sunday morning <laughs> because I had to go and buy a whole. I mean, like at this point, it's so thick and it's all brand new, so it'll cover up the mattress. Like it's it'll be fine. But I had to go and do that um, all on a Sunday morning. I just wanted to to chill. But now it's it's fine. Um, and I you know I'd been sleeping on the couch all this time because the other reason why I was sort of procrastinating putting everything back together is this my my bad shoulder old sports injury or lifting injury from when I was in my 20s. Rotator cuff, bless you, um, has been just totally inflamed. I haven't been sleeping through the night. So I'm like, I'm not going to try to lift stuff and, you know, wrangle stuff while this is bothering me. Um, So, yeah, it's been just like a week of sleep deprivation and like trying to enjoy Sunday and relax. And then today I'm like, oh, my God, I just... I, I don't want to be doing this on Sunday right now. I was I was saying to John before we got on, I'm like, it's like all this, and then <laughs> tomorrow the work week starts again. So, well, know how <laughs> you feel that whole uh, peeing in the bed
2: thing. Uh, <sighs> yeah, we've we, we've had that going on for quite some time, but we we've gotten all kinds of different methods to deal with. You get you need to get a plastic uh, uh, cover first of all. You know that'll keep, mm-hmm. that'll keep everything out. You know okay it, it's it's all kinds
1: of remedies but we'll we'll talk oh <laughs> no i mean your text this morning though was the best because I, I i sent around a text a group text like yeah this happened and you're, you wrote back to me i'm like yep been there i'm like <laughs> yeah, going yeah, to ikea on funny. sunday morning <laughs> yep been there, yeah. been there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been dry bed for about three weeks now so we're going we're going good you know? <laughs> nice <laughs> it's amazing know. every child is
1: different yeah, yeah, man, yeah, and I just, you know, uh, I want to just relax on Sunday and not have to do more domestic stuff, but but here we are, so that's, uh, after we're done recording, that's going to be my next uh, adventure, is like, reassembling my room, because, you know, ripping everything apart and dissembling and cleaning it. out. I mean, it looks like I just moved, yeah. <laughs> like, my room looks like I just moved in, you know, <laughs> Um yeah, 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 so, anyway. Trying to do that with a busted shoulder, but anyway, that's an old sports injury. We got some new sports stuff to talk about today. Uh, I think this is actually your idea, Liam. This this episode, this topic about uh, Colorado and, and Deion Sanders.
2: I mean, yeah. So so uh, this special edition of Good Guys Getting Better,
1: right? You like, <laughs> <Right? music. laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll do oh, that. No, no, we'll no. do it. We'll in post. We'll do the whole, you know, the the music, the intro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From
2: Philly, John, you would know, move closer to your world. That, that 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 we should play that one time. Move closer to your world. But anyway, never mind. But um,
0: Aleem, you know that song because you're an old school. I have not. I'm
2: not <laughs> believe it or not, speaking of sentence, my son loves that
1: song. Like I your played son, it for
0: your son. Is older than me.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. Your son is your son is is fifty nine years old. Yeah, and that's that's a lot coming from Christian
0: because yeah. his son is like five years younger than yours.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm a lifelong old fart. My grandfather, when he was around, used to make fun of me for being a grumpy old man. So, I mean, look, your son, yeah, yeah, you, you've you've got a, a 60-something-year-old child in your old house. Man, and the, yeah, and the funny is, yeah. thing about it is every
0: time you talk about his age, you are obligated to add, like, three and a half years. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Aleem is, is 68 and a half years old. <laughs>
1: You notice in the past 30 minutes of dialogue, or 30, 30 seconds of dialogue, he's gone from 59 to 60-something 60 to 68 and a half. Oh, my gosh.
0: It, you, he he was the to about when he was a fighter pilot in Vietnam.
2: <laughs> I, he loved that reference. It was so inspirational. It was so deep. Damn. But anyway, so, so, oh so yeah, Christian, I, I, did, I did sort of uh, request <laughs> this conversation because... I feel like something very interesting has been going on in our, our public conversation in this country for the last several weeks now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's coming to a head, especially after what took place yesterday on the on the gridiron, if if, if as they say. Um and, and I'll let leave it to John to tell more of the details, but but the bottom line is that we're we're talking about uh coach prime, you know, uh Neon Dion Sanders being the head coach of uh Colorado football, uh formerly Jackson State. Uh, having taken that job in a, in a very controversial way, having left jackson state uh and and taken the job and then bringing his traditional or excuse me his 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 unique flamboyance and and bombast to that position, which I personally have always appreciated you know and john you'll know this very well is that i you know I speak very highly on trash talk I love trash talk i love i love that in sports my favorite uh person who's ever done that. Is Muhammad Ali, and I feel like he did it. There's no nobody who's ever done it better. But but Dion Sanders was always fun to watch and listen to because he had a confidence, and he was not. He wasn't. He wasn't disrespectful, but he was very. He was very overt, and he was you know in your face. And I was like you know why? You know, I like to see him dance in the end zone. I like to see him high step at the fifty yard line. I, I'm all about that. You know, my, I grew up with my father being very very similarly bombastic and 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 uh, talk a lot of trash, and I I do the same thing in a slightly different way. Uh, when i play sports so i was like this is all good to me but it's created some complications in our public conversation and narrative so john if you you want to step in just talk a little bit about what you what's what you've observed over the last several weeks john's probably the m- closest follower of sports uh, out of the three of us so he can have uh, it yeah yeah
1: by far
0: <laughs> well there's a couple of things one you kind of bird the lead Deion Sanders one is probably the best person to ever play his position
2: in football. So that, I don't know, I, you know, I don't. It, it, it doesn't even matter if and you we're want. Off. And if, we're off. If you <laughs> want to Eric debate Eric Allen it. would have something to say about that.
0: If they're in like, look, I love Eric Allen, um, but you know, go Birds. But if you're going to have a discussion about the top corners all time, he's a part of it. Like Absolutely. you can't have that discussion without him. Absolutely. So it wasn't just the trash talking. It was that when he played football, you couldn't throw to his side of the field. Yeah. Like yeah, it was yeah. one of the scariest places to throw. Cause not only was there a, a, a good chance, a greater chance, I want to say a greater chance than not that he was going to intercept it. But if you threw it his way, the way that he was able to jump, jump routes and defend, there was a good chance that he was also going to score a touchdown. Cause he had in most occasions was probably the fastest person on the football field. Exactly. But if that wasn't enough, he also played professional baseball at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. and he was he was an all star as a professional baseball player, mm-hmm. right? So, and it wasn't just like you know it wasn't Michael Jordan being skilled enough to go and play minor leagues. We're talking about he was a starter for the Yankees at the same time that uh, he was playing for or the Braves. The well, he was starting the Yankees and the Braves. Yeah, but he was starting for both the Braves and the Falcons simultaneously. Yeah. Like he was just that incredible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the thing that distinguished him is that bombast that uh, Aleem is talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, like, hey, guys, guess what? I'm better than you. You know it. Mm -hmm. I know it. And I will talk about it on TV. Mm -hmm, I will mm -hmm. talk about it to you. I will talk about it to your friends. I will talk about it to your family members. And I dare Mm -hmm. you to prove me wrong. I dare you that translates into how he coaches, so he has these these incredible couple of years at Jackson State, and he turns the program around. he takes it from you know relative in the college football world, he takes it from you know a small relatively unknown h b c u to the focal point of h b c u football and this is happening at the same time that the pandemic is unfolding, you know, and we're starting the process of recovering from the pandemic. He immediately has a lot of success. He makes headlines because he's able to sway a major five-star recruit uh, and or blue-chip recruit who was one of the best at his position to come and join Jackson State, which is big because by all accounts, he should have gone to a big power five school. He immediately has a lot of success with the team. They're the best team in the conference. You know, they're well-coached, they're well-disciplined, and they are beating teams down. Started off kind of slow. This past year, he leaves Jackson State. There's a lot of controversy, a lot of discussion about it people will really were really up in arms because it's like you know prime you were helping Jackson State how
2: could you leave now but anyway and just and and, and to, uh, to interject there and he talked a lot about bringing that HBCU team into prominence amongst the big players right and then all of a sudden he leaves inarguably for more money and that's that's sort of I think what 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 t- touched off a lot of people who who were supporting him in that in his efforts at Jackson State was that okay you just sold us out in, in a real sense. He, exactly. That's what he did. He sold them out. But <laughs> there,
0: there there was a lot of reporting. It wasn't just money, right? Like the money, the money is not really going to be, I don't say the money isn't going to be the issue for him because I'm not in his pockets. Mm-hmm. But what, what I, some of the reporting was done was that not only was he underpaid for the value that he bought to the university, but mm-hmm. he also was putting his own, some of his own money into the team. Yeah. You know, yeah. right. It, it, there was there was an element of principle that was involved in it, but he wasn't he wasn't willing to bring that level of shame and or visibility into. And like, look, if you've ever attended an HBCU, which I have, they're notoriously, um, it's stereotypically inept in their administration, right? Like the end product of the students that they produce, you know, is one thing, but you know, there is definitely a stereotype about their administrative ineptitude. I just—I sure.
1: have to say one quick thing here. i i, I know the stereotype, and I—you know—I met we you at HBCU HBC law yes. school, so but but, <laughs> but but having gone from having gone from a majority white, uh, massive state university for undergrad, then over to the, the administrative BS was actually very comparable i'll just say that much it was very, like i got i got there for law school and was like oh yeah this 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 feels like home I, and, I and know it could this. be the
2: difference is they're just dealing with bigger numbers in <laughs> those others because i have gone to one of the best funded state schools in the country penn state yeah, right. they have just they mismanaged money too they just mismanaged a whole lot more of it that it didn't matter as much <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: right right. it's just bigger It's a bigger scale but it's yeah, the so same who knows yeah yeah the,
2: you know the real answer is but
0: well, I don't right. want to get on that tangent because I think that's a whole different pod. But anyway... yeah, this we, could, past we, season could, season. we could
1: talk about the Pentagon wasting money, losing fighter jets. There's, there's a lot of bureaucratic... <laughs> there's a lot of bureaucratic money going lost sure. in America these days. Yeah, in time
2: you've got millions and billions, <laughs> there's going to be millions and billions lost. So.
1: Yeah, but anyway. probably.
0: But Prime gets an offer to go to the University of Colorado, speaking of big state schools, mm-hmm. and... It's controversial because not only does he decide to do it, he makes a big splash when he arrives and basically says, everyone, you're free to go to the transfer portal. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm going to do, you know, like it or leave it. He also brings some of the higher profile players like his sons from Jackson State there, uh, as well as some of I forget the young man's name, but one of the bigger recruits. But anyway, he assembles this team. I, he, I mean, he gets there this summer, so he's got little time to transfer. He has never done at this scale. This is big Power 5 school. has never done this before. Um, starts off the season playing TCU. For a little context, TCU was in the national title game last year. They got beat down by the University of Georgia. Georgia. But anyway, they were in the national title game last year. They... Uh, University of Colorado beats them in the first game of the season, and it
2: just shocks everyone. They edged them though; they edged them. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. It, they they fought hard and won a, a, a close game. Uh, Colorado did. But the the
0: point is, this was a one win football team last year. That's true. Very that true. was largely irrelevant. Playing, this is a one win team last year that has a new coach that's never coached at this level before, and they were playing the team that was just in the national title game uh, in last season. Yeah. So the idea that, you know, you would go from he would go from here to beating that team. It was it was it. It was like we can't this. This is almost improbable that, that this is happening. Soon they go on to win their next game. And then they have this big uh, rivalry game against Colorado State in the run up to the Colorado State game. Uh, coach in advance of the game makes some remarks and says, more or less, you know, when I wh- how I was raised, when you talk to somebody, you take off your hat and your glasses, mm-hmm. Now the coach of Colorado State, also a coach of color, African-American. And it was a big headline, you know, because it, it it's setting the stage to demonize. Uh, Dion's flamboyance, you know, so, again, this is this is fodder for discussion, sure. you know, like, is he is he disrespectful? So, you know, Dion responds by buying his whole team sunglasses and of course in the media he also made about a million dollars in in sunglass sales after the coach makes this this yeah. you know so again it's him yeah. his signature sunglasses so yeah. at any rate you know this is again setting the stage for that and then finally they've got a co- they've got a game this week against yesterday or uh, yeah yesterday yeah. against uh, the University of Oregon the University of Oregon I think is ranked 4 was ranked 14 in the country yesterday they were twenty-one and a half point favorites. Uh,
2: uh, yeah. They were tenth, I think. Right? 10th, excuse me. Yes, tenth. Yeah.
0: Excuse me. Um they were twenty-one and a half point favorites. This game was played, it was a home game for Oregon. Um, by halftime, Oregon is up by about thirty or so points. Starting the third quarter. Pitching a shutout. <laughs> the uh yeah, they're pitching a it's like thirty-one, thirty something to nothing. Uh or around there. Um in third quarter, the broadcast plays a clip of the pregame uh, speech that the coach gives, and he says, and I'm going to paraphrase a bit here, but this is more or less it, something to the effect of uh, the big headline, the Cinderella story is over. <laughs> the Cinderella story is over, and that Prime is playing, for, and Colorado is playing for clicks we're playing to win they are trying to win in hollywood we're trying to win on the field yeah they're playing for clicks yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and that that is where we land today you know so Mm -hmm. it's like we're not even and it's interesting because how it's been spun by that broadcast now it's created this this divisiveness so now we can talk about him being what it is is basically being an under underqualified coach This is all show. This is a sham. This can't be real. And, you know, us, we're the real football players. This is the real football. The final piece, which is also going to be discussed and to drive home this point, is that late in the fourth quarter, they are up 35 to nothing. Is late in the fourth quarter. They, Oregon, they've got a fourth down in the red zone. Rather than kicking a field goal, they run a play yeah, and they go and they score the touchdown. They go up 42 to nothing. Mm -hmm. At this point, like there is no chance that Colorado is going to come back. Um, But they do it to rub salt in the face. And of course the broadcasters say, Hey, it's going to be interesting when these guys come (laughs) to the, when they come to the 50 yard line to shake after the game, you know, the unspoken norm is that when you are up so big, you don't try to score. Like, you don't need to do it because it embarrasses the other guy. Again, this is one of those unspoken rules. But the other, you know, part about college football, in the way that the evaluators come up with the rankings, they're going to look at the score. You know, like, if you're supposed to win by X, like, it's to your advantage to score as many points as possible, which is why also in college football it's kind of unique. If you look at the scores, it's not uncommon in the first couple of weeks to see a team score 65 points. Mm. Like, you just – you just see straight up basketball scores. Yeah. I also want to go back to the the third game against Colorado State. I didn't really give that full due. The Colorado State game, which is a rivalry game, you also just have celebrities galore. Exactly. I mean, okay. it is like a spectacle. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Basketball
2: uh, players, entertainers,
0: you know, singers. Everyone. Yeah. And that game, by the way, it for most of it, it wasn't a pretty game. And Colorado was losing for most of that game. Yeah, they have this improbable comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, they force overtime, and then they have this dramatic win in overtime. Yeah, yeah. So, from a from a pure sports perspective, I think Colorado actually dodged a bullet. One hundred
2: percent, one hundred percent. And and that's that's the that's why I'd like to 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 dr- dive into this a little bit. Is that my first perspective is that. What we're talking about here is a team that is slightly overperforming, right? And in part, I think that's a credit to the motivational efforts of Deion Sanders as a head coach, right? I make no judgment of his coaching scout skills or talent because I just don't know enough about uh, head football coaching to, to criticize or to herald him on that. But from a motivational standpoint, he got his kids ready to play, possibly well, well above what they probably would typically play and they, they're able to, you know, to the credit of some of his players, like his son, a quarterback and, and the, 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 the two-way player that they have there, they're very, very talented guys that can sort of, with, he, with, with that and the right motivation, they can beat a lot of teams that they probably wouldn't normally beat. Right. So my first thought when when I watched him play, it was like, okay, I'm glad to see them winning. I'm glad, you know, glad to glad, glad that he's he's making inroads with this this whole positive notion of believing in yourself, believing in your abilities, no matter what anyone else says about about you. I find myself aligning with a lot of what Deion Sanders says publicly. Uh, my own personal sensibilities, it resonates with. But what at the same time, so I don't blame Deion Sanders for any of the of the the controversy here i you know i i I give him full credit for what he has accomplished but my concern is what the fans are doing right they are looking at this team and they're saying okay well we expect them to win every game you know we we expect them to beat every team uh, in, in 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 dramatic fashion and 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 uh and and if they don't now we have a decision to make right oh do we still stay behind them or not no no the man credit the man for what he's doing don't make a hero out of the man understand what he's saying understand the message he's sending praise that message if you agree with it and keep it moving support the team if you don't but understand that this is football and there're going to be better teams right this is not unequivocally the best team in the in the country like right? that's not what you're talking about here so it's like i think this is what this is what we do in our community far too often is that we create heroes out of people and then get behind them and as soon as they have one little Failure or one little setback, it's like, okay, now we ask ourselves questions. Or well, what do we still believe in their mess? No, the message is the same, you know. So it's like, why do we why do we insist on on diving in on individuals instead of staying open to a message and just pushing a message, right? And then on top of that, I, there's a whole other element to that, but I don't want to doubt, monopolize the 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 conversation. But you know, I I feel like there's a a whole other element about how much we invest in sports and nothing else. Right. Right. So so everybody can get behind Deion Sanders in this in this in this particular athletic endeavor. But what about outside of sports? What about the 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 black people who are fighting for equality in other areas of our of our society? Right. What about the engineers and the doctors and, and the people who are who are working without bombast and without Public uh, uh, television time and all that. What about all those people who are working so hard? Why? Where, where are we getting behind them and making celebrities out of them? Not saying we should, but the question is, why aren't we? Right? We're we're so fed by entertainment. Entertainment becomes
1: everything to us, and that's 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 sort of troubling to me as well. But well, I, well, I mean, it's 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 not just a a, a black American issue too. It's no. a, it's an American problem. I mean, it, there's, it is, there's a really is. famous. Infographic you can look up on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you go for social media. Of it's, it makes the rounds every few months. I'll say, of the top paid uh, public public sector employee in every state. So like, you know, not entirely, but in large part taxpayer funded. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's usually not the governor or the chair of whatever. It's it's usually the state university's football coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's 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 <laughs> literally like a a conscious. You know, mm. nationwide public consensus or decision mm. that's made that we're we're valuing the you know entertainment sports over academics over everything you just talked about, Alina, mm. the scientific discovery mm. and anything else. I mean, even if you look at um, the you know state universities where these sports are, the again, it's the coach is put above chancellors and provosts and heads of the entire university systems heads of of research science everything all the way above making millions of dollars um and and that's in i want to say the last time i looked at this graphic and you know i i checked the sources there it's not just somebody made it up on canva um you know it's it's about half the states i think i remember i mean it's a it's a lot of the country
2: yeah 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 i mean and what if he wasn't a winner like what 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 if what if mm-hmm. what if he didn't win those first two games? Does does that make his message that he has been preaching ever since Jackson State? Does that make it any any less significant? I argue to say absolutely it would be less significant to the public uh, uh, c- uh, conversation because he wouldn't be getting the same amount of attention, right? So you have to you have to be a winner in order for people to pay attention to a message they believe in. Well, it's I'm like not, okay. I don't think that's.
0: I think Dion a lot like other entertainers that recognize their worth and have agency to drive the message they understand that there's an element of entertainment that is required and uh, there's an element of entertainment that's required for them to get attention for them to to benefit of, on it it's like you know why would i let someone else benefit more than i can over what it is that i'm doing right so and i think you see it with other athletes you see it in, in other entertainers like i think jay-z is a guy that has an incredible awareness. I mean, he says that I'm not the, I'm not a businessman, I'm the businessman. <laughs> he's got an awareness that my, my skills and my presence are what drives this. I think LeBron James is the same way. I don't think Le- LeBron is particularly good in public, but he's got an awareness that because of what I am and what I represent, I can drive this economic engine to my benefit first. Like I'm not going to let other people do it. And I think Prime is the same way. You know, so rather than let people drive the narrative about him, he drives that narrative and he's skilled enough to back it up. You know, like you won't talk about trash talking. We all have been to the court. You pick your court or the pitch and you got someone <laughs> that talks trash because they need to. But if you talk trash, and can't back it up. You don't get a run.
2: No, you don't.
0: <laughs> so, so just like I started with prime, like he's talked trash. But, you know, at any particular point in history, tell me who the better cornerback is. There might be maybe one other person you're having a debate with, but that's backing it up. Or it's like, okay, you think you're that good? Throw it to my side of the football field, right? You think you're that good of a pitcher? Pitch it, pitch it down the, uh, pitch it over the plate and see what happens. Um, but I, he also recognizes that the elements of skill that a lot of black athletes bring to the field or entertainers bring to the microphone or the screen. Like, it's so unique and so powerful, and it generates so much uh, that he's got to, or, you know, people whomever, they've got to capitalize on it. You know? So then do
1: you think, though, that that the critics then don't get that, or, they, or are they making a completely disingenuous argument? Like, in other words, like, that seems... Kind of like common knowledge at this point that that someone who is being bombastic whether they are in this case sports or in other cases too like you said entertainment or what I think about in this town politics right like those people who are getting in front of the camera and talking trash and you know throwing barbs or whatever they they know that that drives clicks they know that that drives views they know that um, you know it's going to put eyeballs on them and that's gonna translate either through advertising or through something else into money. I mean, so are the critics well, just being idiots or is it a completely disingenuous argument? I think it's a couple, I think it's a couple things and, 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 and you, you all may, may disagree, but
2: I think there's a cultural disconnect with respect to bombast and trash talking in sports. I feel like mm. in my experience, you know, over my, my 40 years or 35 years of athletics history, so to speak, I've seen in my community of black kids and, and young adults and adults... I've seen a very different dynamic in every sport in, com- in competitive activity than I do with my white friends and 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 uh, communities that I've spent time in. It's like trash talk is expected in in a certain in in the among black black folks, and if you're not really there's not some level of bombast being being passed back and forth, then it's sort of like what's going on here? Something's, something's not right, you know. But in in the white community, it's like if you talk trash, it's almost like you you you're like i i don't like him because he's talking trash it's like it's 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 weird so you when you have a guy like larry bird that was like whoa wait wait a second he's he's talking like a black guy <laughs> like that, that was what, that was what people were, were feeling because he was talking trash like black folk talk trash right whereas you know uh you know the 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 community around him was like okay well all right well he's successful it's okay with for him but in general we still don't like trash talk right and and I've seen that so many times. It's like you, you know, people people sort of despise Muhammad Ali because he was talking trash. Like it's like this guy's so confident. He and they didn't like to use He's so arrogant, right? They'll, they'll assign the, the, the terminology arrogance to it. And so so I think so when you see that happening, you see that in play in, in the in the public setting, and and you and you have commentators. Making, uh, offering their opinions on it and journalists offering their opinions on it, they're coming from their cultural understanding of it. They're coming from their cultural uh, uh, appreciation or lack of appreciation of it. So it's like, all right, so many of them, and you know, until the last 20 years or so, you've had it mostly dominated by by white journalists and white media personalities. So they're going to say, hey, well, you know, (laughs) I don't feel so, you know, this person is saying too much or they're being too bombastic or they're being too out there or they're doing too much, right? But it's sort of to, to, to move a little bit now over the last 20 years because you have more people coming from different diverse cultural backgrounds who know what that's about, who know what that is. And like I said, prime is one of the better ones to do it. Like, you know, you see a lot of people who don't, don't even know what talking trash is. They think it's just cussing at each other. Like that's not talking trash. Like you, you look like an idiot. Right. Like right. I see a lot of boxers. They're talking to just be jawing at each other. Oh, like you sound, you sound stupid. Right. But right. when you look back at Muhammad Ali, then you see, okay, now I see what that means. You can denigrate somebody. You don't have to call, you don't have to say one cuss word. You can make somebody feel like they're inferior to you and get in the ring. It's like, that's the psychological game when you're really good at it, right? So but if you're talking anyway, about
1: going all the way back to Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you can't separate that to kind of bring it full circle back to like the, the bigger cultural moment, not just inside the world of sports, right? But like, yes. you can't separate that trash talk from what was going on at in the one. time. Exactly right. the civil rights movement with the Vietnam War with his resistance to the yes, Vietnam an War and the fact that it. Right. It, right there was I mean Absolutely. it was it was not about denigration it was mm-hmm. the opposite it was about yeah. empowerment was it empowerment. not wrong? exactly right exactly.
0: yeah I mean just just to add to that I think trash talking so I was actually watching a clip of Tom Brady mm-hmm. uh, yesterday talk about this you mean the patron state of Boston yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but. Yeah. Or, or, (laughs) so I think there's a difference between bombast and trash talking, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think prime has an awareness that people want that demonstrative and demonstrable conflict. Like they like Mm -hmm. to see it, like they want to see, and I think Muhammad Ali was good at capturing this and -hmm. because of the nature of boxing, like I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk in these terms of conflict and I'm going to bring it to the forefront and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. But I think that is actually more rare than people give it credit for. I think yeah. that's normal boxing because, you know, everyone expects it and it's what's going to drive attention. Yeah. Right? I don't really think it works in boxing just because the, the popularity of boxing has fallen off a cliff in our lifetimes, yeah. you know, so, and the idea that, you know, like boxers are pro athletes. Like they prepare. And in all athletics, the best boxers, the best athletes have a respect for their opponent. Mm-hmm. But through that respect, you also learn what they can do. Like I know sure. when Aleem and I play basketball, I know that trash talk actually fuels him because he can check out, you know, if he <laughs> have something that engages him. And then when this we start playing basketball, point. I'll I'll remind him of that. <laughs> and that's the trash talk comes in, but it's born out of, I've analyzed your game. I know what mm. you're going to do. You mm-hmm. know, like if you think about the rope dope you know, Muhammad Ali argued with his most famous fight, the Rumble in the Jungle, like he had one strategy that was going to beat George Foreman. Mm. Like that was it. Like just let him tire himself out and then take him. And there's nothing wrong with saying like, look, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to beat him. And then you do it. And Larry Bird was the same way. Like he had analyzed and knew his opponent so well that he could tell you exactly what he was going to do. Jordan is the same way. Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, like these people, Tom Brady, they are so meticulous with their preparation that when they get on the football field, they already know what your limitations are. Mm-hmm. I think Deion is the same way. The key difference is that his pure F, his, his skill, his God-given athleticism allows him to say, and his just analysis of what's happening he knows in advance there isn't a whole lot that you're going to do. You as a quarterback, your limitations as a quarterback are exacerbated by the fact that I'm on the football field and there's nothing that you can do to overcome. Right? But it's the same thing with coaching. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, There is, like, this skill that, like, in particular those players that you're talking about, like, that's the reason they won the Colorado State game. Because mm-hmm. they had a ton of penalties as a team. And it was really his son, Shador Sanders. Mm-hmm. As the quarterback, just making heroic plays to win that game. Things that yeah. only this kid could do. Like, it mm-hmm. was just, like, pure skill. And I think Dion, you know, he relied on that in that game.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But I do think, from a cultural perspective, there is something to be said. And I think there's a space in which black people need to say it. And I think Dion is okay saying it. You can take pride in the fact that you know that you are better than everyone else doing what you're doing. Like, it's okay to say it. And I think when he does it, in the same way I think Muhammad Ali said it, it's, you know, signaling to a group of people that are marginalized, that are are the subject of a system that is, is dedicated to reminding them of their their inferiority, you know, air quotes, that no, you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, like, not only do you belong at the table, you might be the best the best chef in the kitchen. And I think that's what he's yeah. doing you know well, isn't
1: it kind of a misunderstanding of of not to in- interject here therefore, but i mean therefore. like i'm just trying to isn't that sort of the difference between punching up versus punching down mm-hmm. right like, if you're talking about like you just said someone who is speaking to a larger audience and they're getting the message that they are you know not to believe that false narrative about being inferior and having a seat at the table and belonging and not just belonging but possibly being the best there is do you think that though when you're talking about the critics so let's be clear for the most part are are white critics right that they're missing the point that it's really not about um anything more than trying to empower other people of that same group who have for not just years but generations since the beginning been told no you cannot come here no you cannot be at this table no you don't belong no you're not good enough
0: so i think that's that's a great question christian i think there is the the tropes are so pervasive. It's not just white right. journalists. Right. No, it's not. The world. Mm-hmm. No, it is, you know, anyone that comes into an industry, like there are certain assumptions that you make about like what it is, you know? So you were inevitably going to unknowingly ingest something that is false, right? So, you know, I think, um, I, one, I, I just don't think that it is uh, kind of a white journalist thing um and, and then, it, go ahead it, oh, may,
2: it may now uh as as with most things become more of a socio-economical thing as well as well because first of all cultures have become amalgamated and so in such a sense uh in certainly in the cities uh and and even in, in rural communities um where there you know be through music and entertainment things have become crossed uh quite a bit so um so you'll see you'll see uh uh more of an exposure of both black and white athletes, and I'm using I'm using those. I'll say you know um, minorities in general, I guess, and 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 non-minorities, communicating both on on the written the written level and in the in the athletic level, so much that that it's shared. So so like you said, uh, John, it's not just white journalists now. You have black journalists who, who will align themselves in any way with certain views of trash talk, for example, than as, as, as white journalists, you know, more so than you would have had maybe 30 years ago. But so it's, so it's, it's all mixing together. So. And I think,
0: you know, just to dovetail on that, I think also what Prime is doing is he, there's also an element of him being a father, mm. you know, so, and the kind of relationships that he has with his athletes, you know, so there is a base level of belief that every athlete needs to have in their ability. Mm-hmm. And it's not the hokey after school special belief. It's that when you are in a moment of pressure, you got to believe that you have everything that you need to to do what is required of you in, in the moment. So that's a baseline for all good coaches. I think that's a part of his philosophy. But the broader social commentary, he's like, you don't need to fit into a box Mm -hmm. right and it is quite possible that your skill and all the things that going to make you great put you in a position where you're just going to be better than everybody Mm -hmm. right and like there are so many ways that and i'm just going to talk in my life that people have tried to rationalize from an athletic perspective your excellence you know, like I'm ai think I'm an above average athlete, you know, like I'm not an off the charts athlete. Like as a composite, but I'm above athlete I mean, obviously I was a division one athlete in the mid-major school. You know, so like I'm above average, but I also have the skill. But I can't tell you how many times, especially growing up, it couldn't be that I trained hard, <laughs> smart. It was at, Well, John, you're so good because you have an extra bone in your foot. <laughs> And I'm not. I'm not saying that to be funny. As an adult, yeah. I'm not going to say yeah. the person's name. But I had a former boss. We were. He was being dead serious and trying to to reference someone that wrote about it in a book. But who, by the way, wasn't a medical doctor. And he's like, no, no, no. Black people have an extra bone in their foot. You know, like that. That's what makes things... <laughs> like how
1: better. How old was this person?
0: <laughs> this hopefully they were 70s to eighty Let's just say that they're a boomer. Um, a boomer. Uh, oh goodness, uh, they're, they're a boomer. Okay. Um, okay. okay but that that has to be the reason why uh you know athletes of color are superior than other, words. but you know you think about it as it translates to the black quarterback, like a black quarterback is successful because they're faster, but they aren't they aren't they don't have the intellectual capacity to actually play the position right okay. but that's a complete mind f for the black you know like I think about r g three or I think about Donovan McNabb, yeah. you know like these guys that happen to be like physically. Off the charts. Yeah. You know? And these guys were <laughs> win- winners. Like RG3 was in college at Baylor. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he came into the league for the Commanders and made an instantaneous impact on a team that had been doing poorly. Donovan McNabb was the same way. When he came to the Eagles in the late 90s, we had just gone through a dark period for the last eight years. He comes in and instantaneously. We are. You know, for the better part of a decade, the best team in the division, we go to the Super, we go to the NFC Championship game like five times, we go to the Super Bowl, like he made the team, you know, instantaneous, but it was like, oh, uh, you know, you know, he, just, he can just run fast, like he gets in trouble, he can just use his legs, like he's a mobile quarterback, like, yeah. no, he's a quarterback, he's a quarterback first, and what is required of being, a, the intellectual, the intellectual gifts, the ability to prepare, and then when you factor in the mobility, like, that's what makes him great. Like, you yes. just can't grab a football and just say, oh, I'm going to exactly. go play quarterback because I,
2: I got an arm. Like, and see the, that's the conclusion it is. The, the complexity with, the, with this, with this uh, John, is, and this is what bothers me, is that absolutely is, it, there's, there's going to be situations where, okay, maybe he's not the best uh, 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 at reading defenses, right, uh, as somebody else who has left athleticism may be. But then, in many cases, that you might find the person who is good at both things. But but it's like you have to fight the argument. You ha- you almost have to err on the on the on the side of of extreme in order to to counter the argument that okay, well he's just fast, right? Well, no, he's not just fast. You you almost have to argue that even even he, though he may not be good at reading defenses, you got to argue that oh well, he's good at all the other things too. It's like in order to not be to have that person pigeonhole before they maybe build that skill or develop that skill, it's like it—it it puts it—it's the, the 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 dilemma is what bothers me is that it puts you in such a situation where you can't let someone just have flaws and develop, right? Can't you, they can't just be good at something, have flaws and develop? It has to be oh either they are or there never will be, right? That that's what bothers me about the whole the whole concept of what we're talking about, right? Dion Sanders may not be the best, I don't know, again, I, I make no judgment of his of his coaching skill, but he may not be the best coach as far as decision-making in certain situations. I don't know. But why does that matter? Everybody's learning, right? He's, he is good at something. Obviously, we've seen that. He's pretty doggone good at something because he's gotten teams to win, right? So why not let him develop and and become good at everything he can become good at without criticizing that he'll 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 you know he's 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 a he's a terrible real real in real life he's a real terrible coach. It's just that you know he's got a lot of uh, uh you know uh, attention behind him, so none of that matters. No, the man is good at certain things. He may need to get be better at other things. Let him take his time. Do that. Win in the process. Maybe even get a national title at some point. Who knows? Right. Well, here's here's the thing, and it's funny.
0: Davis has been uh, using the word. Imposter a lot has no idea what it actually means. (laughs) But I think in media we're looking for not we, but the you know generally speaking culturally we are looking to find out when the imposter Dion is going to show up. Like Hmm. he's a fluke. But I think as a broader cultural discussion, especially with people of color, again this this notion that. Your success, there has to be some reason, you know, like some just fluky reason that you're su- successful. Like, if mm-hmm. you, otherwise, you shouldn't be able to occupy the space because we, the dominant we, we occupy the space. Like, we set the rules. Like, there's no way you should be able to do this. You don't have access. Mm-hmm. You don't have resources. You know, mm-hmm. and by design, <laughs> um, you shouldn't be able to do this. So then, when someone comes into that space, it's just like, oh, okay. Well, this is a fluke. They got an extra bone in their foot. Whatever that you know quote unquote extra bone is.
1: Can I just can I just ask because yeah. I I think you one time told me this story offline a while ago and I forgot about it now, but it's coming back to me. What is an extra bone <laughs> supposed to do to help? Like I I I haven't broken my foot, but I know people who have, so I've seen X rays. What's another one going to do? <laughs> like, how is I could see like having like I don't know faster muscle reaction time or like the ridiculousness is. A, a more tightly tuned uh, central nervous system, right? Or um, better like sensory, you know, spatial processing or any of those. I'm like, okay, I could see that would give, some, but like, what what is a bone? How, <laughs> does this person not know what a bone function <laughs> is within one structure? Like. It's the it's it's the scaffolding. It's not the motor. Don't try oh. to rationalize it, Christian. It makes absolutely no sense. But but
0: if you, you want to go down, <laughs> if you want to go down the road of delusion, I mean, Christian, that's a great point. Are you saying that <laughs> something every person that has melanin, like what what yeah. is the statement? Like, is there a degree of melanin that triggers having an extra bone?
1: <laughs> well, right. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. it it's part of the
2: genetic code, you know. But the gene that I, I, covers skin tone, also <laughs> is bone development. But that, that's the point. obviously, but... that That's the point. Like, there, it, it's a fluke.
0: Like, it is hard for some people, and it's hard culturally for people to believe that people that have been intentionally excluded from access mm-hmm. to the things that allow for success in whatever field it is can, in fact, do it and do it far better than someone that has all the resources. Like, that is actually mm-hmm. what makes it incredible. And it's not just football, but what Dion bringing it all the way back to that, he's got no problem saying like, yeah, I'm, I, we're better, but it's not because we're better mm-hmm. athletes. I, I happen to be a better athlete, and I think that also scares people, you know, because, the, again, the gap between Dion as a football player, certainly sure. as a football player, and in many cases a baseball player, the gap between him and the average was so vast that it almost seems ridiculous. And this yeah. is where people talk about like, just give us access. I mean, like, so, obviously, so ultimately- this is what I do for work, you know, like, giving access, but it's like, you know, just give access and just give resources, and you can see this. Now, this is my final point, and Liam, I'll, I'll give it back to you. Sure. The downside, and I think also what Prime does is, like, you also aren't going to take advantage of the fact of this. Like, you aren't going to control my body and my me as the economic engine. And, like, look, I've got all right. the criticism in the world for LeBron James as an athlete, but the statement that he made back in 2009 is that i've got the agency to do this like my body isn't controlled by dan gilbert you know like if i decide to get up and leave because i want to express some agency over me as an economic engine i'm going to do it because i know that i know that i know that where i go i'm going to win put me in any scenario lebron james is that smart he's also that physically skilled and he's got a group of people around him that are doing a pretty good job of capitalizing on the period of time that he has to be a professional athlete. So Deion, so, as a coach, is doing that very same thing. Like I got this window, I'm going to capitalize on this. I'm going to go from strength to strength because I know my worth.
2: So, so I, I think ultimately what Dion tapped into, and I think what he's always understood, is that nine. Uh, let's just say eighty percent of what you can accomplish as an athlete once you once you get to a certain level has to do with what you, believe, what you believe you can do, how confident you are in yourself. And what he's trying to to inculcate into his team's understanding is that they're all Division One athletes. They've
0: all, huh? <laughs> you, they've, all <laughs> got, they've all gotten there for a reason. SHD word alert. They've all gotten there for some reason.
2: That's <laughs> what we're doing on the pod? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. All right. All right. They've all gotten there. They've all gotten there for some reason. So if they have a certain belief in their ability to perform at a certain level, there's no one in the country that they cannot compete with. Now, why that's relevant to this broader notion in conversation is because I think that's the message that I, I so closely align with uh, that he makes, is that in any area of your life, right, whether, it, whether you're black or you're white or you're something else, whether you're poor or you're wealthy or you're something else, If you believe you can do it, that's going to make it that much easier to accomplish. And I think for people who have been in subjugated communities over their life and and over history, we've gotten to, to the standpoint, we've started to believe that we're only going to be able to do certain things, right? Even if we don't say that out loud, you come from a certain area, you only see, okay, well... Everybody that I've, you know, and, and this this goes from some of my personal experiences, having gone into some schools and talked about engineering and that sort of thing, is that a lot of these kids I'll see fourth graders and fifth graders I used to see, they really d- don't even think past entertainer or athlete, right? And then the ones that do, the only thing they can really see is doctor or lawyer. No, no, no offense, uh, lawyer, <laughs> lawyer guys here, but um, th- but they, they neither they...
1: one of us practices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you got your degree.
2: But the point is, is that <laughs> they, they can't see that there's you know, there's all kinds of different scientists or engineers or, 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 or professors or researchers. There's all kinds of things they can be involved in that they just, because they're not exposed to it, they don't even know or believe that they can be that, right? They don't know that the people who develop a certain uh, treatment or product for your for your uh for your body that when you're sick isn't necessarily the doctor that they see in the hospital that's somebody entirely different they don't get that so it's like all right getting these kids getting getting people in general to understand that you have to be able to see and believe what you want to be in order for, in order to make it happen is important right and, and that's that's the message that i that i that I love so much about what what he's trying to do but here's the problem is that it everything gets so perverted into just winning football games. That's not the message, right? That's not the point. I could care less in a grand scheme whether or not Colorado wins another game or not. I care whether or not Deion Sanders continues to preach the same message to everyone he sees and everyone who, who he meets and that people actually understand that he's not talking just about football, and even if he was, that that message isn't just for football. You know, It's for everything, right? believe in yourself, believe you can achieve, overcome, right? But we, we lose that because we get so wrapped up into these games, right? That's that's my challenge. That.
0: Look, my my point of departure from that, I agree with that. But I also think that, especially for young kids, and, and obviously I've seen this for a very long time, I try to disconnect the notion that you need to be so otherworldly skilled and talented that that is the only path sure right and so that's one thing and then the other is that you've got to be a great entertainer at the same time like i remember mm-hmm. there was a young man that that was a very good tennis player that used to train at a place i used to work and i remember he was about 15 16 years old and he came in and said yeah we're entertainers too you know like we got to make sure that we do that we got to make it fun for the crowd and i remember telling him in the spot like no you need to focus on being great You know like that you know like you if you're thinking about entertainment at the same time you're thinking about training then you've already lost the battle Mm -hmm. so i think the problem and the way that this gets shaped in the broader discussion that we have as a society and not just putting this all on the on the media but i think about the general discussion uh again in in society is that again this is the 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 white elephant or whatever it is that you want to call the the black swan Mm -hmm. you know it's so rare and all of these things you know, it was so precise that this is, this is what success looks like rather than success can be very ordinary. Like I'm a big proponent and like, you know, people that are quote unquote ordinary, they don't have a big personality, you know, they're not running a four Like you can also be, you can also use your mind and be really successful, you know, and it's in, in, in other athletes, it's something that we love, you know, I love Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning wasn't no, no one ever thought about him as being a superior athlete. They thought about his superior, <laughs> superior intellectual ability. You know, you don't look, you don't think about the fact that this is a, this, this person has extraordinary athletic gifts. He's just slow. <laughs> athletic gift is not speed, you know, mm-hmm. but if you can throw a football 50 yards down the field, that's not a common thing. 50 on a rope. On a rope, yeah. <laughs> it's not a common thing. Like everyone, ain't none of us picking up a football right now and just throwing it on a rope ahead of a wire. I mean, that's a special gift. So, you know, there's also an element where I, I I do depart from Dion, like you can talk trash without being so bombastic, you know, or when you talk trash, like Aleem, next time we get on the court, you know, I'm you know, I'm going you know, I'm, I'm to I'm be telling you what not to do or what to do. You know? And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do to you, and then when I do it, then I'm going to start, I mean, you know how to do it, right? But you also, if we were to have a post-game interview, like you're my brother. Like we talk about that, but that is something that is reserved for the field of competition. Absolutely. You know, And I would want people to, and I think about this all the time, even, you know, especially when I'm, you know, doing media appearances for other things or, you know, when I have to talk publicly, when I talk about some of the professional athletes that I know in my day job, I'm always going to emphasize the skill and intellect that's required for them to be great. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to sit and you've got to study with the game. You've got to know it because I don't want to feed that narrative that, oh, the, the, the extra bone in your foot narrative. Yeah. Like this is a fluke. It's like, no, like this person is great because they commit every single day to, like you can't be great by accident. Like you can't fluke your way into greatness. And anyone that's a professional athlete that you're watching on TV, make no mistake. They're great. You know, like there are more or less a thousand people in the world, a thousand men in the world. if, If we talk about tennis, that get professional points in professional ranking points, a thousand people more or less. And the same applies for women. There are about a thousand of them that get professional points. That is such a ridiculously small number of people that if you are, you know, a hundred in the world, you are part of one of the most select grouping of people to do what you do. Like you don't get there by accident. It's the same thing with basketball or football. Like you don't get to be on one of these rosters by accident. Like you, you are you are exceptional intellectually, athletically, you know. And then then you get into the discussion about who's more. But to get there, it's not an accident. It's not a fluke. So I'm about breaking that fluke narrative, because Alim, you ain't accidentally become a nuclear engineer, <laughs> right? You
1: know, probably like... not. I mean that would be really impressive though. <laughs> exactly. I mean that would be that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, be be ama- like I'm just picturing like baby Aleem like, in a booster seat, like talking about atoms and crap, like <laughs> instead of like like eating like you know, little graham cracker, like little animal crackers and talking about, you know, nuclei and I mean Yeah, no I mean like... you know his son, John. I mean it it's it's conceivable,
0: right? I mean So, so Aleem and I Aleem A B two uh we were talking about um his experience during the aftermath of World War II
2: and uh <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a mess but <laughs> what what other what other uh, watching listening to FDR on the uh, television <laughs> what what other yeah. point is is the the um the, the speech by the coach right so this this is interesting this is an interesting piece of it right because I heard, I know some people looked at that and said, oh, OK, there's some there's some there's some dog whistle in that. Right. I didn't see it that way. Right. I saw him talking some really good stuff. Like that was some really good trash. Like I, I actually was like, oh, that's good. He, he he leveraged that perfectly for his team. Right. He's like, listen, you know, they're trying to get clicks. We trying to get wins. Right. He wants to he wants to embarrass this team. It, and this is how I always looked at. It. It's like I never understood that point about run run the points up. It's like, all right, if you're a, a toddler, yeah, you don't want to hurt people's sensibilities and make them not want to play sport anymore. Oh, hold but listen,
0: toddlers playing football,
2: They do actually, unfortunately, but, <laughs> but yeah, like four years old, it's crazy. But the final bottom- but the bottom line is that who who at four is out, I would be set out as as a competitor. I want to embarrass you. I want to make you never want to play football again. That's that's my that would be my goal as a as 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 a team paying playing issue. I want to make you beat you so bad that you say, look, coach, I quit. I don't want to ever play again. That's my goal. Like like every time I played, i you know, play basketball with somebody, pick up games, whatever, it's like, man, I want the other team to leave the court and be like, listen. If if they're playing on the court, I don't want to play against them because they're gonna they're make us look dumb. So when he when he's talking that stuff, when he's running up the points, that's exactly what they should do. And to Dion's credit, he's like, Yeah, you know, let him he he this is he won. <laughs> like, so, so i I talk trash. That man beat us. He's gonna say what he's gonna say. More power to him. But guess what? I'm gonna to try to come back and get get, get our gift back some kind of way, right? And that's what he's supposed to do. But you can't. So, so I I can't look at what he said and say, okay, he's he's playing some type of game. No, he did exactly what he's supposed to do, and now that's that's got to cause the other team to level up and say, all right, we got something something more to play for now, right? And and that's a, that's the whole thing. But but you know, I I get what people are reading into it, but I think that's sort of more emotionally charged than it is realistic. You know, I don't know what the the sensibilities of that coach are from Oregon, but I know what he said. I have no problem with.
0: So, like, one, I, I just want to be clear. I don't think it was trash-talking. I think it was a motivational speech. Yeah. I also think, this is the Oregon coach, I also think it was pulling on the fluke narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, like, these, this team didn't go out in the last three weeks and triple the number of wins that they had last year on accident. Like, that's just not how it works.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm.
0: so, and now with that said, I'm with you. I would use slightly different language in terms of if I compete. I want you through the course of our competition to mentally quit. I <laughs> yeah. want you to arrive.
2: Same, same damage, John. But you this, just said it I, nice.
0: but I just want to be clear, and I know to some of the people Shit. listening to this, that might sound like it is aggressive. It you know, is. if you if you are again at that level of athlete, you That's know psychological
1: you, warfare. Yeah, you are yeah. looking
0: for every opportunity to beat your opponent, and it's not just going to be it's going to be rare that you are athletically or physically outmatched when you are at that level. Like, again, this is a power five school, right? So you're competing ostensibly for the same pool of above average to elite athletes. Everyone is, everyone's pulling from that same pool, right? So what's going to be the distinguisher? It's going to be in your mind, Mm -hmm. right? Like you've got to figure out a way to distinguish yourself in on the field of competition. And if that is, I can get you to believe in your mind that you are inferior to me Mm -hmm. Then I will do it. And by the way, I might actually be inferior to you, right? Like that—that that is how you compete. So I'm with that all the way. But I think what the coach from Oregon did was pulling that Fluke narrative. Like these dudes aren't real. Like they're not qualified to be on our level.
2: And we're right going to prove it to them. <laughs> we're going to show them that.
0: And like I don't—I don't care about running up the score. Like at that point, I think you know when you're at 42 nothing, that that doesn't even—that's not doing it. Like the guys mm-hmm. already know that the game is lost. You can just do the simple mm-hmm. math. You know, like if you're scoring an extra point, extra points with five minutes left, and we haven't scored any, like that—that that actually isn't demoralizing. Like the demoralization well, has already happened because you couldn't score in the previous, you know, I forget in the in the previous thirty thirty-five minutes, you know,
2: or or hmm. or, or, or
0: forty-five fifty minutes. You know, like the damage is already in done. The,
2: in the annals of sports history, John, it will forever be known that we put forty-seven points up on y'all's head. And that's a, <laughs> that's, I, I would say that anytime I saw a Colorado player, if I, 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 I to Colorado to have a bite to eat and I'd look for a Colorado player and be like, Hey, you know, we put 47 points on your head. Right. And I, I, over and over that, that's how, that's the kind of trash talk I like to see. Right. Because it's like, if you, if you believe, like you said, if you believe that, that they are inferior to us, then they'll never beat you. Right. But. It's up to Dion and his coaching staff and those players to dig down into themselves and say, you know what? No, that was a fluke. We're going to come back here and we're going to, we're going to handle business, right? That's, that's the, it's got to go back and forth, right? That's difficult.
0: You know, I think think you're also right because uh, a point that you made earlier, you got to give Dion an opportunity to develop as a coach. I heard a couple of months ago, I was talking with someone and they said, They were coached on this, but they said that as an athlete, and in this case as a team, you've got to experience every kind of win and loss. Like you need Mm -hmm. the embarrassing blowout. Like you need to know what that feels. You need to deconstruct how that happened. Right. And if you miss over that as a coach and that is a coaching opportunity, which I think Prime is actually going to take advantage of. If you miss over that opportunity, then you enter that space where that kind of loss lingers and you don't get from underneath it. Like, you know, I just heard this in church today, but you've got to have, you've got to be able to properly contextualize what's happening. Like, if you have a loss like this and you don't, you know, package it, mentally package it, then it, it just stays unresolved.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think,
0: you know, from, from, uh, from Dion just as a man and as a coach, he's got to do that. Then he's got to translate that to his athletes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if that's the case, then Alim, what you just described, like that trash talking, that's going <laughs> to backfire because Alim, oh, yeah. you and I go through this. Like we you know if you start if you start trying to remind me of what's happening mid game, you know that that actually turns me on yeah,
2: yeah.
0: you know like and then, well, hey, and then whoa, it, it, it 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 actually whoa. goes it goes it works against', him. like you yeah. and I were playing this past summer, we were playing you know in this with this group of guys, and they just went up big on us and then that's what turns you on yeah, well, I, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm about to get Ball. to that, too. <laughs> um, Alim, uh, Alim was, he started talking trash. Okay. Hey, he, he started talking trash like, hey, man, we're blowing y'all out. And I was like, Aleem, don't <laughs> let me see one go in. Like, don't let it happen.
1: Aleem, are you are you hearing this word choice? Am I, am, am I, am choice I like, like... I, look, pa- I
2: said pause multiple times. He, <laughs> he, he, he would not really. <laughs> so,
1: no, first off, to
0: so all of our listeners, just so you know, this word <laughs> choice is mild. If we need to go full adolescent boy, I can go with it, too. But I ain't afraid of it. I, anyway, I'll say what I want to say, dog on it. I'm a guy trying to get better.
2: Okay. Let's just get back on track. John was, Paul, John was, John was turned on by the blowout. Okay. Well, I had on. I had the ball in my
0: hand. I had the ball in my hand. No. Um, oh, uh, anyway, the point is, is that it worked. It it, it did not work in a Advantage. It got me really motivated and in takeover, because I know I'm a better basketball player than Aline. <laughs> I up. wasn't
2: guarding him. I don't think I was guarding you, though. That's that's that's, that's the
0: difference. Aline, I look for opportunities to score on you specifically, just so you know that you made a mistake. Like, see, I see my to problem,
2: play. I talk trash on behalf of my team. Sometimes they don't necessarily come up to my level of trash talk and respond the way they need to. So yeah, I, I motivated John, the and they didn't they didn't
0: respond. That's the fun part. I will then take it out on every single member of your team. And then I I will look at you and I'll remind you, you did this to your teammates. Like you put them in harm's way because you were talking trash to me. You know they can't guard me. You know you can't guard me. And now everyone's gonna have to suck.
2: That's that's some good trash talk. It's completely unrealistic, but it's a good trash. Listen, (laughs)
0: listen. this, this this isn't trash talk, this is reality. And this is me reminding you what's going to happen. As a matter of fact, Alim, next sorry. time I see you, just because we had this discussion. yes, yes,
2: yes. I'm putting dream you, 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 you. you had. That's, what, that's I'm that's putting what
0: 20 it. on you, and it's, it's just gonna happen. All of our <laughs> listeners and viewers, you know, will have to record it, and I you know, I'll make sure I have do it. Let's a box do it. of tissues for Alim. Because it's gonna be painful. It's gonna be painful. Anyway,
2: let's do it. Let's
0: do it. Let's this is how Dion, this is also how Dion you know, again, the, the point is bringing it back somewhat seriously. But when you know yourself, that's the other piece. And when you know what you're capable of, it makes a lot easier for you to have a conversation like that. Like, it sounds silly, but I do believe it. And whether I win or lose, that's a beautiful thing. Like, I know what I'm capable of doing. That's right. That's right. And, and that's also where Dion comes in. It's You know, what, what he's say signaling to people is that if you know you're great, walk in it. And it's okay yeah. for you to proclaim you know, your greatness. And if you don't believe me, think about how the presidents of the United States of America have to address the world. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have an inherent or any political, like I went to a CBC event on Friday night, you know, like the string of politicians that come up, they have to signal to their constituents and to the country.
2: Congressional black caucus for those who uh, don't know. Yes,
0: thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm competent. I know what I'm doing. Mm I know who like I need to signal all of these things. So again, it's not out of, it's not out of the consci- consciousness of our society. We just don't think about it maybe narrowly as it pertains to people of color because when they see it, it's just like oh this just seems this seems kind of weird, mm-hmm. you know. But you know it. We as a society again, I think we're still uncomfortable with people of color asserting the kind of confidence that hasn't really been reserved because it still feels brand new. You know, and I'm, I'm going to, again, I'll leave with this and I know we're, I'm going to love, and I wrote this a couple of years ago, I was interviewed for Black History Month. And what I said was that I'm going to love when we get to the place in a society where black excellence isn't a novelty, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's what it is. Like, you know, it's not even a big deal, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it just is what it is. Like, you don't have to think about it. But right now, you know, it's still so fresh and still so new that the only, only way to rationalize it is that you must have an extra bone in your foot. <laughs> you just have
2: to have well, an extra bone in your foot. In, in in the in the spirit of summarizing real real quick, I I would say my my desire is is to simply coming through this and all of this and that's sort of where I started is I would like to see our communities rally around ideas more than people, right and and push forward with notions of greatness, and notions of progress, notions of uplift that are not rooted in an individual's success or failure. That's really what I, that's that's the most important part of this for me that I'm not seeing right now that I want to see the conversation moved to, right? Let some, an individual can spark a a, a conversation or debate, but focus on the idea and not the person. That's really my thought. Talking about socialism? Maybe.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not a Marxist. John with the out-of-left-field uh, non-sequiturs for today. Extra bones and socialism. I <laughs> don't know how any of that ties into anything else we're talking about, but, you know. Yeah, but... uh
2: yeah, no, we we gotta do this again. We gotta do more special editions, Christian. This is this
1: is good. I think so. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, it's 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 easy for me because it's less scripting and research and planning <laughs> on my end. It's just, did you see this? Okay, let's get the uh, the cameras going. So I appreciate it, yeah. and uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, it was a nice, it was a nice. Honestly, it was a, it was a great thing for me because I, you guys know me, you know, off screen, obviously, and. Like my my favorite thing in the world is having good conversations, having that cognition, having that exchange of ideas, having sure, that sure. that intellectual time. Because now I'm going to go right back to like setting up a new mattress topper <laughs> for a very damaged mattress and try to salvage the rest of my afternoon. <laughs>
0: as, as Before... as leave this room. You can't see <laughs> it. My kids. We we didn't allow them to have. Screens at all this morning. Oh, I not so okay. you know how that. I mean, they they watched church this morning, then actually uh-huh. they got on screens without asking, and they kind of know the rules. So Uh-oh. Chanel was like, "Oh." Oink. <laughs> it was actually, great. I mean, yeah. at first it was just like, "Oh my god," but then <laughs> they were like, "Wait a second, we did a whole lot of Halloween shopping last night, so there is literally it looks like a Halloween disco in the. I mean, there is like. A full-out, like, projector. there. are uh, the Disco. Disco, disco. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are, you know, jack-o'-lanterns, like, plastic jack-o'-lanterns. Davis even had out uh, the microphone in the boombox, and he was making, like, spooky sounds. It was actually hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it was freaking out our puppy. Uh, <laughs> it's just utter- but I love the fact that they were able to use their imaginations. Like, once they, you know disconnected from their screen. They're like, oh wait, we can enjoy life without a screen? Actually, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, That's good and stuff. Rather than cleaning up uh human pee. Uh we <laughs> <hopefully> <laughs> don't have to clean up dog pee because See puppy <laughs> pee is
2: good though. It's all water. It's only just, all they had is water, right?
0: Yeah, okay. Well <laughs>
1: Okay. Yeah, no. Oh. It, don't forget John, at least in part of his house, has carpet. Yeah, oh my you goodness know, so yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 the puppy only goes on the carpet,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. for some reason, I think they think it's like grass.
2: Maybe, mm. I don't yeah, know. It's the tactile. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what it pause. is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, so you know, I think uh, Christian, any any of these topics, I think for for our viewing audience uh, that that pop because up in, we got, in, from we got pop culture in. that that can <laughs> that can weave its way into you know the general
1: conversations that uh, that we're interested in. You know, just yeah, let us know. You know, you know. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I love doing this with you guys, because it's easy. Absolutely. You know, we just have these conversations. We're basically just putting out their conversations we might be having while grilling or watching the kids anyway. Absolutely. That's the whole that's the beauty Speaking of it. of grilling, so, I need yeah. another one of those chickens with the... the oh, <laughs> with yeah. The, I would have a white sauce.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a whole one for me. Thank you. Okay. Uh, that's, just, <laughs> that's just the whole one. <laughs> there has got to be smoked exactly. Look, we got to do it exactly the same way you did last time because I had oh, to leave man. early
1: and I wouldn't. Yeah, be you whole. did. Yeah, you did. You, I mean, granted, it was your birthday, so that's <laughs> yeah. why you get a pass, But, but you, you like dine and dash oh, at, at that cookout. Well, you were I like, to like back... chicken, and I gotta go. <laughs> well,
0: here's the, here's here's the irony. Speaking of birthdays, <laughs> Christian's birthday is in about a month, so maybe that's an yeah. an opportunity for us to sit outside. And, and, and have him cook us food, is that person? Yeah, and have, you
1: have me have, me- have me the grill. grill. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. around. Yeah,
0: it, you know, I-
1: <laughs> it's like have you seen that? Uh, have you seen that meme? It's like Mother's Day, and it's like yes. everyone goes out to brunch on Father's Day. It's like Dad's cooking <laughs> and doing all the, the grilling. I remember. My I mean, but I, at least for these these dads on this on this podcast, I think we kind of bring it on ourselves. Britain I right. mean, we're 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 definitely when it comes to cooking. Indoors or out, barbecue. Otherwise, we are we're, we're perfectionists when it comes to the food. We try to get so, it right. Try to get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then we'll we'll do that for uh for October. I mean, as long as it stays somewhat warm enough, do some some it's chicken, maybe some ribs. That,
0: that, that's why that's why we have beards and coats. You know, like <laughs> yeah,
1: it doesn't matter the temperature in October, we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thank you. Hey. Take it easy. Good talking see ya. to you guys. Click scribe, click subscribe and like. Oh yeah, there. thank you, John, cuz that was going to be a big mistake on my part. Yes. Click, yeah. You got to like, actually share, those subscribe. What word happened
2: is that was like magic. It's like <laughs> abracadabra. Then it's a...
1: No, no, but it's just, I mean, if, if you don't say it, you know, you're not making the ask, oh, right? I mean, you have to make the ask. So, go, yes, please. be sure to like, click, subscribe, share with everybody you know. Thank you. <laughs> thank, <laughs> you thank you, John. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> big thank you. Thank you, John, for reminding me. Uh,
0: peace. It's because I got an extra bone <laughs> right. in my foot.
1: Yes, it's the foot bone. <laughs> the foot bone is what accomplishes oh. it. Yeah.
2: Oh. All right. Wow.